Hey everybody, this is uh, Scott sitting here with my dad, Mac, or Don. Uh, we're starting a new podcast. This is the intro pod. We're going to be calling it Semper Paratus, Semper Militum. Uh, the idea behind this podcast is mostly to go over my dad's career as I kind of said on social media a little bit that I've always been interested in what he's done and how life in the military was for him. Uh, him being a 20-year Coastie, um, started on, as they say, fixed-wing aircraft and finishing up as a rescue swimmer. We traveled the country going from Detroit to Mobile, over to Washington, to Alaska, Chicago. Uh, and those are the stops that I remember. Uh, but we kind of wanted to start this podcast again to go through his career in a little more detail um, and just get it out there what life was as a member of the everyday life of a Coast Guard. Um, and at times we'll probably bring in some other people from other mate or other military branches, whether they go over their whole career, uh, tell some funny stories, some sad stories, or even just how it impacted their life today. Um, as I said, my, my dad was in for 20 years, so he has a lot of experience with this and it impacted my life just as much as his, I'm sure. Uh, so this is my dad, Don. How are you? <laughs> uh, so today we're just going to kind of do a quick little rundown of your career, uh, how it started, where it ended, um, the dates in between as you remember them, and kind of give people an idea of what we're going to go through the whole storytelling. So, I guess at this point, where did you start and how did you start? Well, I started being interested in the Coast Guard. I grew up around just north of uh, Detroit in Royal Oak, south side of Royal Oak, the rough side. Um, we lived on a dead-end street, a dead-end up against, uh, we called it the farm, four-acre plot farm. Uh owned by Howard and Olive Wise. And Howard was, I mean, he's just a super avid fisherman. He'd be fishing whenever he could, even in the wintertime. And I remember that uh, I, my mom always had the radio on. <clears throat> and uh, I think it even made, it made the national, local news, national news. But him and his wife got stuck on an ice floe in the Saginaw Bay. And later on, we come to talk about Saginaw Bay. It's three or four a day in Saginaw Bay. But they were ice fishing and a flow broke off and Air Station Detroit sent a couple of helicopters and there's like 30, 35 people on the ice flow and they were ferrying people off to shore and um, Howard was an older gentleman at the time. So he got ferried right to the air station and ambulances check him out because, you know, he chest pains, whatever, making sure that's okay. And from that time on, we always, like I said, we were always over at the Howard farm playing baseball, you know, football, goofing off. And he would sit at his picnic table and he started telling the story of the rescue. And I was just thinking, myself, man, that is, that is awesome. You know, to fly in a helicopter and go help people. That is awesome. That is something I would really like to do. And I started looking into the Coast Guard, and there's not many books about the Coast Guard, what they do, or there wasn't at the time. So I, I just started you know, checking it out. And, 
a lot of people, if you ask them, you know, about the Coast Guard, it's like, oh, they have ships. And so well, I want, I'm going to fly in the helicopters or want to fly in the helicopters. And they're like, the Coast Guard doesn't have any helicopters. Those are Army. So just a lot of people didn't even know, even as close as we were to the Detroit River and you know, Lake Huron, Lake Erie, people just didn't understand what the Coast Guard did. And the more I learned about it, the more I wanted to do it. So how old were you at the time where you kind of made that decision? Well, I was 10 years old at the time when I decided I was going to, you know, I like I said before, you know, a lot of 10-year-old kids want to be a policeman, fireman, an astronaut. <clears throat> and this is, you know, 1968 when, you know, the space race is going on, astronauts were on TV all the time. But I decided I wanted to join the Coast Guard because flying in a helicopter and, and helping people out just seemed to me to be like the coolest thing in the world. And I mean, even at 10 years old, I guess I figured I was never going to be an astronaut. <clears throat> so, you know, I just wanted to join the Coast Guard. And one, one day I graduated in 76, I was 17 years old. And I remember like, my dad had a day off. And it was like, they kind of sprung it on me. It's like, oh, you, know, you really want to join the Coast Guard? Yeah, I really want to join the Coast Guard. Well, come on, let's go talk to the recruiter. I was like, okay, this is real. So we drove down to Detroit, went into the uh, federal building. And by some freak of nature, the recruiters were all down a hallway. And the first recruiting station was office was the Coast Guard. So I walked in and there were other services there. They're all drinking coffee and, you know, having fun. And this guy says, you know, can I help you? I says, yeah, I want to join the Coast Guard. And uh, these other guys go, whoa, you got a live one. So they left. And he goes, okay. And he pulls out a piece of paper. And he goes, you signed that piece of paper and you're in for 20. And I said, okay, got a pen. And shh, holy crap, you know, got a live one here. And uh, they called the, the E7 recruiter and says, hey, chief, you know, you want to talk to this kid. And he talked to me a while. And my mom and dad were just sitting there. And he's talking to me and talking to me. And, he says, well, do you really want to join up? I says, yeah, you know, I, I, I know a lot about it. And he says, well, you got to take these tests. And he gave me a bunch of tests, you know, uh, naval battery tests, testing your knowledge of English and mathematics and all this other stuff. And common sense, you know, if I pull this lever here, what does it do? And I did all that. And he says, well, you know, you scored up in the exceptional area. You can do anything in the Coast Guard you want to do. Okay, and he says, well, you know, you got to take a physical. And he gave me a date for a physical. And he says, when can you go? And my dad said, he can go right now. I was like, holy crap, you know. So, all right. So I went and had my physical and came back. And the doctor's like, all right, you know, hey, you're, you're really good to go. I, I have one question for you. And I remember this. He, he says, I got one question for you, Mac. And first time anybody other than, you know, I was little Mac, always growing up. But the first time someone actually said, hey, Mac. And I said, you know, what's that? He says, why are your mom and dad here? And I said, well, I'm 17. Don't they have to sign for me? And he just got this grin on his face, goes, yo, absolutely. And he did all the paperwork, handed over to my mom and dad. And my mom wasn't too happy about it, but my dad's like signed it away. And that was it. I was pretty much in, in, in the service. So, I mean, you didn't. Cricks. I think I got sworn in like five or six times before I even went to boot camp doing different things just to make sure, I guess, you know, letter of intent now. But 
so that was it. I was like, you know, I was on my way. And it's it July of 1976. And uh, I went back and told everybody I joined the Coast Guard. And they were like, oh, go, oh, you're serious. I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. I, I signed the paper. Which surprised me that Grandpa didn't kind of, I don't want to say speak against it, but speak more to you about it because my you know, grandpa was in the military, he served in World War II. Um, it just kind of surprised me that he didn't talk to you more about this. He kind of let you make your decisions. Uh, yeah, well, he did. I I think I, you know, we, we, we talked. And my dad never really talked about his time in the Army much. Um, but he did say, you know, I, I said, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, joining the service. He goes, well, don't join the army. <laughs> and okay, you know, I'm joining the Coast Guard. And, and like I said, everybody had this misconception or, or no conception of what the Coast Guard was. And I just wanted to do it. My dad said, well, if that's what you really want to do. And it's like, you know, back then, you were either going to go to college and make something of yourself or you weren't. And it was obvious I wasn't going to college. I mean, heaven, heaven forbid, you know, and not only that, but even back then, you couldn't afford to go. And I kind of kidded myself, you know, hey, if I sign up, I get the GI Bill and they'll pay for my college, snicker, snicker, knowing full well I'm never going to college. So, yeah, you know, my dad and I talked a little bit about it. And growing up, I had... My uncle was in the Navy. I had a cousin in the Navy. I had a cousin in the Marine Corps. I had a cousin in the Air Force. My dad was Army. And all those people didn't seem to like their career, but no one said the Coast Guard. So I said, well, geez, you know, no one tried the Coast Guard. Yeah, I guess I'll be the first one. <laughs> so it sounds very much like our family. We had you in the Coast Guard, uh, Uncle Willie. And the Navy, Uncle Mike in the Navy, Uncle Brian. So we got a lot of Navy, a lot of seafaring military branches represented in our family. Um, so that sounds good. So here you have our date written down, January 23rd, 1977, he left for boot camp. Yep. First impressions of boot camp. My recruiter, and my recruiter was a pretty decent guy, and he gave me the sheet of paper. The first time on an airplane, flew from Detroit to Philadelphia, got to Philadelphia, got on a bus with like 30 other guys, and they drove us to Cape May, New Jersey. <clears throat> and Cape May, New Jersey is in the farthest southern tip of New Jersey. So the bus ride, I don't know, it seemed to take forever. But he, my recruiter gave me a sheet of paper, says when checking in, and it's changed so much since then, but checking in. You'll be let out of this building, which was, I don't know, 375. Walk into 375, the first phone you see, pick up the phone, dial this extension, and tell whoever answers the phone that you're reporting for a boot camp. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. All right, no big deal. So on the whole bus ride down, everybody is talking about boot camp experiences that they never had, but their brothers, cousins, uncles, hell, had. And, you know... Uh, especially it seemed to be a lot of stories about the Marine Corps and how the the drill instructor would pretty much pretty much bring you as close to death as they possibly could 
without actually killing you. And I'm like, God, that's not what the Coast Guard's all about. You know, this is a nice place. You know what? I got a phone number to call. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just, you know, they don't know. So the bus driver drops us off and goes, there you go, boys. Good luck. And gets in his bus and drives away. So we're all standing outside January. It's freezing. So, you know, we walk in the building and I see a phone. There's my phone, and I, you know, go through it. I pick up the phone, and before I can touch the phone, there's a voice in in where we were in the building. It was three floors, and a a voice yells down the stairwell and just says, "Don't touch my effing phone." And it's like, "Uh "Oh, this is serious," and he goes, "Get your asses up the ladder now." Well, luckily for us, they had everything stenciled because it was forming bay. So the stairwell was labeled ladder. So we all went up the ladder, and as we're walking, the, with more expletives than possibly any human could comprehend, we were told to hurry up. So we got up to the top of the third floor, and of course, he tries to get us in some semblance of military bearing. And, and it was like the hammer fell at that time, and I'm like, oh, God, what did I do? Yeah, at this point, you're in it. And also, it's a podcast, we can swear. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, at that point, you're in it. And, I mean, how long How long did boot camp was basic? Ten weeks ten at weeks. the time. It was ten weeks. And it was, your first week is, is called forming. And that's when, where we slept was a squad bay, three, three racks high. And... There were some guys already sleeping when we got all settled in, which was like at, well after 10 o'clock at night. And we all settled in. And I think at the time, if memory serves me correct, there were 75, 78 of us in this squad bay. And forming week is meant to weed out the people that don't belong there. So at 6 o'clock in the morning, the next morning, the trash can, which in military parlance, is a shit can, came smashing down the middle of the aisle, and that's it, boys, get up, it's time to go, and it's like, oh, shit, and then the guy's just, you have 15 minutes to shit, shower, shave, and get your butts out in front of your rack for inspection, and we have no uniforms, we have nothing yet, and it's like, inspect what? Well, we learned right away that if you don't shave right, your your ass is theirs. <laughs> Good thing you were uh, just 18. And yeah, I, I didn't have much to shave. Yeah, I was pretty good. There was a couple guys from New York that had five o'clock shadows at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. Good God, they, they, they caught holy hell. So at this point, you were a coasty. At this point, well, no, I was I was a maggot. Uh, human garbage. Um, I wasn't even a person because the, the recruiters never called us Coasties. We, uh, my company commander, who was Quartermaster Chief Flynn, I will never forget him as long as I live, <laughs> until the day we graduated, got our orders, when he shook our hands and said, welcome to my Coast Guard. You are now a Coastie. So for that 10 weeks, we were we were garbage. Well, there you have it, guys. That's uh, the intro to our podcast. If you want to hear more, uh, 
keep looking and we'll we'll get them out there. It probably won't be a regular thing. It may be irregular. They may be an hour long, hour and a half long. They might be 20-minute stories. Um, we're just going to kind of record and see how we feel about everything going on and uh, put it out as we get it out. So we'll try to make it semi-regular, but we're also not going to hold ourselves to a rigid schedule. So, again, if you like it, uh, follow along and we'll get more stories out. For now, take it easy.